The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2719. It's Monday, which means it's Fett Day. And so we're going to talk about some stories of Boba Fett that center around his time in A New Hope. And a couple others where the story timing isn't quite certain, but seems like it's a good place to include them. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So just to give you the recap, over the past few Mondays we've been looking at stories that involve Boba Fett because there's comparatively little about him of course in, in the movies themselves and there's also comparatively little about him in the actual canon as well and so I thought hey let's try to find out everything we can find out about Boba Fett prior to the release of the book of Boba Fett which is happening in just just a couple short weeks. Today we are talking about his appearance in Star Wars, the special edition appearance, because he's not in the original edition. And also we're going to talk about Added Muscle, which is a short story that appears in the From a Certain Point of View collection of short stories that was released in honor of the 40th anniversary of A New Hope. And we're also going to talk about the Age of Rebellion comics about Jabba and about Boba Fett. So as far as the special edition goes, you may recall that there's a scene added in A New Hope, the special edition, where Jabba shows up at Docking Bay 94 looking to collect his money from Han Solo, and Solo shows up and says, yeah, I know, don't worry about it, blah, 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 walks on his tail, which seems like a really bad idea, and that was the thing that, you know, for me, that did not work, because, I mean, imagine you being in the Godfather's office and deciding to just walk around the Godfather's desk and step on his foot. Like, do you think that would go over well? I don't think so. So, like, that moment for me was like, no. But in, <laughs> let's just stay focused on what we're here for. In that scene, Boba Fett is there. And he just stands around and is menacing and says nothing and does nothing other than look menacing. And that is the entirety of his appearance in the special edition of A New Hope. So then when you get to Added Muscle, which is the story by Paul Dini, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right, Paul, in the From a Certain Point of View collection of short stories, you get to know what's going on in Boba Fett's head while this scene is taking place. It's a very short, short story. It's only four pages long, so it goes real quick. So what you find out in the story is that Jabba asked Boba to come along as quote-unquote Added Muscle, and Boba is basically like, I'm the only one here who's competent, and, you know, there are all these other idiots around, and they better stay out of the way if the shooting starts, or at least if they die, they should fall to the side so they don't get in my way. Real nice. And we find out in this story that Boba Fett was actually also on the trail of R2-D2 and C-3PO. So basically he got wind of Imperial interest in some droids and went to try to track them down. This story happens like it's all in Boba Fett's head. It's all his own internal narrative. He tells us that 
he found the droid footprints, but that they were obliterated by a sand crawler. So he was able to track the sand crawler, but he found the sand crawler too late and said that it looked completely random. So his assessment of the blast points on the thing varied from <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi's blast points. He's like, some people might have thought it was precise. So yeah, that's kind of a wink and a nod to that. And he managed to also track the situation to Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's house and found them already dead and realized that there were three people who were living there, not two. So he figured, oh yeah, the fugitive probably has the droids and went and ended up toward Moss Eisley. So he was like right there. He was so close and completely whiffed the project after all. And part of the reason why he decided to pursue the droids is because he thought it would get him back in Darth Vader's good graces. And so the whole no disintegrations line in The Empire Strikes Back, well, we get a little insight on it from this short story. Apparently there were some rebel spies that Boba Fett was after on Coruscant, and they came after him with ion disruptors, he says. And so he ended up shooting them and creating little ash piles <laughs> out of them. But Vader wouldn't pay up because they were disintegrated and he was not able to tell whether these were actually the rebel spies that Boba Fett had been hired to kill or that some bounty hunter had been hired to kill and Boba was the one trying to collect on it. So yeah, Vader was kind of mad about that and Boba thought, well, if I capture these droids and return them, then maybe Vader won't be so mad at me anymore. And of course, nothing happens in the scene in A New Hope and in Added Muscle, Boba says, oh, Jabba's just letting him off. Wow, Solo leaves a charmed life. But yeah, if this goes south, I'll be thrilled to go after him and his Wookiee pal. So yeah. Yeah, that's how things get left with that particular scene and that story. And there's also some narrative in here as Boba Fett is looking at Chewbacca and there's some real aggressive talk in Boba's mind about, yeah, keep your paws where I can see them, Wookiee, or I'll, you know, take another pelt and add it. And hey, I'm going to shift my costume around so that way you can see the other Wookiee pelts I have on there. Maybe there's something in Legends about why Boba Fett is particularly annoyed with Wookiees or has a thing against Wookiees. I don't know what it is, but so far in canon, there's no indication of why that's the case, at least not in the storytelling that we've encountered so far. And I mean, we're at the point where you, for all the canon stories that we've talked about, if something Wookiee related had shown up in there, then it would make sense. But yeah, we don't have any information in the canon at least. And there's of course a lot more stuff about Boba Fett and Legends, but that's stuff that I'm not necessarily aware of. So if you have any insights about that, then by all means, share them in the comments. Now, if you recall, there was a series back in 2019. Actually, there were three different series. They released a bunch of one-shot comics. They were gathered into three groups. There was an Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, and Age of Resistance. And in the Age of Rebellion series, they had two particular comics in which Boba Fett appears. One of them is the Jabba the Hutt focus one. Stories entitled It's Great to Be Jabba. And Boba Fett's appearance in that is linked to a conversation about this wine called the Tuscan Wind. And it's a delicacy that we initially see on Canto Bite being consumed for 10,000 credits, a, a jug or something like that. And the price keeps going up and up. And some traders are like, we got to get a hold of some of this. So they go to Jabba and say, hey, we'd like to buy some and Jabba's like what this stuff and turns out he had a whole jug of it sitting by his dais and he goes glug 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 and says yeah I you know 
I don't think I can have you going after this stuff because it'll cause a you know civil war and you'd better not go to this ridge at this time by this place and whatever. So he basically tells them where to go to find this stuff. Now I'm jumping ahead in the story because Early on in the story, Tusken Raiders show up at Jabba's palace and they're like, Jawas and Imperials keep going through our lands and stealing our stuff and you gotta put a stop to this because nothing around here happens without your say-so and if you don't take care of this, then we're, you're gonna pay for it. Like, they threaten Jabba, but Jabba says, you know what? Like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And that's when the, you know, smuggler guys, traders, as they <laughs> pick themselves, humble traders, come in and they decide that they're going to, you know, try to get the stuff. They're meeting in a cantina afterward and they're like, can you believe it? Like, Jabba said he doesn't want it, but he told us right where it is. Like, they're that dumb. It's that bad. Meanwhile, a Jawa overhears this conversation, goes to his other Jawa pals and is like, blah, 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 you know, and... <laughs> <laughs> eavesdropping on the Jawas is a drone that then flies back to an Imperial shuttle. There's an officer having a conversation about uh, his house getting repossessed and then the drone shows up and gives him the information about, oh, there's a Tuscan wine situation available and he's like, aha, don't worry, I'll have the money to keep my house in my possession. And so all three of these parties, these traitors and the Jawas who have battle droids with them to back them up and the Imperials with a whole squad of stormtroopers show up all in the same place to try and get the wine and it's not really near where the Tuscans are and lo and behold, Boba Fett who was in the throne room when all the initial pleadings with Jabba was happening, or were happening, <laughs> Boba Fett is on a ridge and just decimates everyone. And so the Tuscans come back to Jabba's palace dragging all the bodies and also bring more Tuscan wine as a tribute and Jabba says, don't worry, nobody's gonna bother you again and I've taken care of it. So basically the story is that Jabba hired Boba to clear out all these people on behalf of the Tusken Raiders. And so that also sets up the notion that the Tusken Raiders probably, you know, have a, a good feeling about Boba Fett, especially considering he was the one who ended up taking out all those Jawas and Imperials and those traitors that were trying to steal their wine. And the last story that we're going to talk about today is the Age of Rebellion story that is about Boba Fett specifically. It takes place on a planet called Karajam, and we see him in the beginning riding what looks like a cybernetic horse, basically, and he has a rebel pilot laid across the back. He's killed this rebel pilot and collected a bounty for it. We don't know who the rebel pilot was. And when he gets back to, you know, turn in the bounty and connects with a guild member, there's somebody named Zingo Gabnet who actually just barely missed an encounter with Boba earlier in the story. Zingo Gabnet was listed by the Empire as a rebel collaborator, but according to the guild, what happened was Zingo killed a couple of bounty hunters and these bounty hunters were after some rebels. We don't necessarily know why he did it or anything like that, but now there's a big bounty on Zingo, so Boba goes after Zingo. Now, before I go any further, I should say that this story is called Hunter's Heart, or The Hunter's Heart, and this is how it's advertised as part of the you know, solicitations and publisher's summary and whatnot. It says, as the implacable bounty hunter who tracked down Han Solo, Boba Fett earns his reputation as one of the greatest villains in the galaxy, but what happens when Boba Fett picks up the trail of an 
actual villain, find out what kind of heart, if any, beats under that Mandalorian armor. And then the other description says, criminals across the galaxy tremble in fear at the mere mention of the name Boba Fett. He is a bounty hunter without equal. What drives the man behind the Mandalorian mask? So it turns out that Zingo and various associates have been raiding villages for some kind of shards. We don't know what kind of shards these are. I was wondering if they were Kyber, but we don't really get a good look at them, so it's hard to say. Ultimately, he does capture Zingo. Zingo threatens to kill a whole bunch of villagers if Boba doesn't just let him go. And, you know, he agrees to, like, pay Boba some extra money if he lets him go also. But, yeah, Boba doesn't <laughs> go along with that. He ends up getting lured into a village hut where there's a thermal detonator and he escapes that and Zingo tries to shoot at him from a ridge, but Boba is able to jetpack up and get him because high ground doesn't necessarily mean anything when you got a jetpack, I guess. And so he gets another offer from Zingo and instead just kicks Zingo's gun over to him to give Zingo a fighting chance. And yeah, that doesn't work, obviously. So Boba kills Zingo and drags his body back to town. But when he gets back, he finds out that, you know, there's this guy who is like, hey, that was my sister's village that you just saved. Thank you. And there are other people that Zingo was working with that have been raiding our villages. Can you do something about that? Like, can we hire you? And the only thing that Boba Fett says in this whole comic is at the end, he's like, no, I hunt bounties. In other words, he makes it clear that he's not a do-gooder or anything like that. It just so happened that this guy Zingo was terrorizing some villages and, you know, taking him out wasn't a benefit to the villages as far as he was concerned. He was just like, nope, I'm just doing this to get paid. So it is a statement that he is just a full-on mercenary and that is all he cares about. Although it doesn't seem like he will you know, hurt civilians in the process, but, you know, the fact that he was willing to go into the hut and ignore the threat to the villagers who were, like, tied up and whatnot, it suggests that, you know, he considers them potentially expendable, but he's not necessarily going to go out of his way to, you know, hurt them in order to get his bounty. So, yeah, some sort of code there that you can discover. And so there you go. That's what we learn about Boba Fett in the special edition of A New Hope in the story Added Muscle. That gets us a peek inside his head during that scene. And then the Age of Republic comics, the one-shots for Jabba and for Boba Fett. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.